0: Hey guys, just have a little chat here. Um, it is Thursday, which is a little different because we figured why keep anything normal since everything's not. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to give anybody the convenience of experiencing some normalcy in this crazy. So we were sort like, of well, scheduling you can are on, on, on Wednesdays. Why not do it on Thursdays and see if we can throw everybody off? Yeah. There wasn't actually the reasoning behind it, but nonetheless, it is a change. So we're really, really... Grateful to be with all of you guys today, uh, to be able to come together on Facebook Live and just spend a little bit of time together for this next hour, um, thinking together, dialoguing together a little bit about uh, life and uh, the gospel and God's incredible uh, clarity and faithfulness and love for us in the midst of circumstances that are the exact opposite of all of the things I just mentioned. So, So I'm excited to be here. Uh, you, you know, today, what I'd really love to do uh, is uh, spend a little bit of time in a huddle, uh, you know, huddling up. It's kind of m- mentally the picture I have in my mind because I, I do love huddles because they usually happen in very, very particular moments in uh, certain particular circumstances. And I feel like life affords it itself to a moment like that. So the two places that I typically experience huddles, is uh, either uh, during a battle in a war zone where things are happening quickly on the battlefield and a couple of soldiers huddle up because they need to make a plan for their next uh, move. And so they're either huddling up because they're advancing or they're huddling up because they are losing ground and they need to come together and say, okay, The the, the general trajectory of this battle has changed, so we need to huddle up and go, okay, what what do we do about this? The other place huddles happen is in the locker room between two halves of an important sports game. And we have famous quotes and famous speeches from huddles, because they are the place that, depending on how the first half went or depending on how the battle's going, they they gotta huddle up, And if it's not going well, they've got to go, okay, it's not not going well. What are we going to do about that? And if it is going great, it's okay, it's going great. How are we going to maintain or even expand on this? So it's really irrelevant what the first half was on whether you huddle or not. You huddle either way in the middle of that or on the battlefield when there's a change, you huddle. But that huddle, is a discussion about what has been and what needs to be and how we do that. So I want to huddle up a bit is is what I want to do a little bit here. And part of the reason why I wanted to huddle up uh, is because um, as I have been processing the space we're in right now, where we've come out of for the last few months, what we're heading into in the next few months, and the extraordinary uncertainty of all of that, I have been kind of digging in internally and even in my role as a shepherd, one of the shepherds here at Mosaic on, on what perspective we can gain if we take a step back and look at a broader scope than just our little bubble in which we live. So if you happen to have had the chance to uh, join us for the gathering this weekend online or join us for the gathering this weekend uh, here at, at the Winter Garden campus or join us uh, at the Disney campus, wherever you joined us, if you had the opportunity to join us, you may remember in the sermon that there was a little piece of the sermon where I talked a little bit about um, the perspective of looking back over history and saying we 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 were not uh, in the middle of Persia during the Persian invasion, or Babylon during the Babylon, or the First World War, or the and so on. So I kind of made a little bit of a point in the sermon, like. History has lots of hard months, years, and decades that people have experienced, and so just a good perspective to remember this is not the hardest times in human history it's just really hard times now, and it is so that um, that little moment in the sermon expanded for me this week very significantly in a in a little conversation I ended up in that I want to share with you guys. And then I want to huddle up together and dialogue, Joel and I, and some of you uh, as you think together online about uh, where we're at and and where we're headed. So um, I have the privilege of being a part of uh, the Central Florida YMCA uh, board and leadership. And so we obviously in times like this are called in at different meeting junctures because big decisions need to be made. Um, and this week, I was on a uh, call for a meeting with the YMCA Executive Committee as we were trying to navigate the waters. And I will tell you guys uh, if you have uh, a love for what the YMCA does in our community, you should be praying for them. Um, I know the leadership at the YMCA uh, very well. Their desire is to be a gospel presence in our community and to make Jesus uh, uh, known through the Y, like not not side note, like that's how we talk in our meetings. So that's not true for YMCAs across the nation or YMCAs across the world. It's true for ours. It's it's a privilege to be a part of that. And so they really are trying to invade their spaces where things need to be redeemed in in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I love that about the Central Florida YMCA. Um, This COVID thing has caused massive damage to lots of organizations. uh massive damage to businesses massive damage to nonprofits, economically yeah now that is not a statement just in case we start a string on yeah but we're saving lives i totally get i'm just it's just a fact i'm stating we know that massive damage has been caused that damage is because of the giant changes and for the ymca they are not an exception to that rule uh their financial uh annual income has been uh deeply impacted by this. Sure. Uh, therefore, the next step is that people that are employed are deeply impacted. They're in, the amount of people they employed six months ago has dramatically changed. So lots of people have lost their jobs and so on, as is true in Disney and other organizations, small and large. Okay, so pr- pray for the why. But being on the call on Wednesday, you know, you, you have this foreboding sense. Like, ah, just bad news, you know? Mm. Like the finances are... are it. it how, how do we do this? Holy smokes, we were here and now, now we're here. We have this and now we have this. Now these things have to happen and how do we do them? And and I, I will tell you, in that conversation and others I've had with smaller businesses and larger businesses, you get to this moment like, are we going to make it? Hmm. Like, I mean, really, like legitimately, you're like, I don't th- like, do we make it through this one? I mean, this is this is big. And I came out of that meeting. I In fact, I haven't even talked with Dan, the CEO yet, which I'm hoping to do today or tomorrow, just to share this with him too, because it was such a encouragement to me, a huddle up for me, is I, I, I went back out of curiosity, and I went to look at the YMCA's history, which I knew, but I didn't remember totally. When was the YMCA founded? Well, it was founded in 1844. Uh, so that's news, 1844 in London. Yay. That's awesome. In 1851, someone decided to start a YMCA in the US. So American history, YMCA starts in 1851. You know what happens in 1861? Uh, Civil War. The Civil War. Yeah. Like, we didn't shoot at each other on Facebook. Right. We shot at each other with real guns. Yeah. Families shooting at families. Yeah. Families broken apart by simple boundaries. I mean, the Civil War happened in 1961. Uh, 1861. So 1851, we found the YMCA. Can you imagine the meetings in those rooms? well, everyone's shooting at everyone. We're all dying. And we represent the gospel because at that time, the whole YMCA was really just like, we we want to be Christian, grow grow Christian men to lead a Christian nation or a Christian world, right? So, I mean, it was very much gospel-oriented in that sense. And so, can you imagine those conversations? And then, after the Civil War, some time goes by, lots of complications, the complications of the South and the North and black and white and all the stuff that we're actually dealing with today, but at a completely different kind of environment. And the YMCA had to navigate those waters. Were they around after the Civil War? Apparently, because they're still around today. Then you go Civil War, you go through some stuff, you've got, you go First World War. I would have loved to be in those meetings when the First World War happened and thousands of men are called out to war and it devastates economies and stuff. How does the Y survive? Well, they survived. Then the Second World War happens. And oh, I would have loved to be in those conversations. That CEO must have had some craziness go on. And then the Great Depression. I can't even imagine how you make it through the Great Depression if you're anyone. But they made it through that. And on and on it goes. Yeah. And today, here we are, COVID-19, 2020. And people will say 100 years from now, they'll add to the string I just added. And then there was the 2020 insanity with the economic global economic crisis. Uh, bleak outlook, and the why went, n- and they survived that. I, I have no doubt that there'll be stories like that. Here's what I loved about that. The YMCA was founded in 1844. It's got a history of 170 years, give or take. The church, on the other hand, <laughs> well, it wasn't founded in 1844 or 1851. The church has a history that goes through both far greater beauty and far greater brutality than the little string I just painted. Right. Church who carries the gospel, hmm. who is the bride of Christ, hmm. through whom Jesus invades the gates of hell and yeah. the gates of hell do not withstand, yeah. has thousands of years of history hmm. through thousands of terrible times. Hmm. Nero, I can't even begin to imagine how the church survived that, right. but they did. And so on and so forth. And if the church is not a building but the people, then the question becomes the people survived. No, they more than survived. Every single time a giant, dramatic, and terrible world event or events or circumstances took place, the church lost ground sometimes. The church moved backwards sometimes. The church lost opportunity sometimes. If they were persecuted, they had to meet in secret. If they weren't persecuted, all these places. But after each thing, they came back. They huddled up. Yeah, they gained that ground back.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of right right after James, um, you know, he he's killed by Herod. You see it in the book of Acts, and yep. what happens? The believers gather together to pray for strength.
0: That's right. And That's the Holy right.
1: Spirit, He answers, yep. and the church continues to. And that James. That was one of those huddles. Right? Yeah, the other
0: James writes the letter. Yep to say to that church who just gathered to pray for strength, here is instruction on how we gain ground. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful example, Joel, of exactly what I'm talking about where At a juncture where it felt as though the gospel was losing ground and the enemy was winning. An apostle was murdered Uh, and so they are not immune to this. Peter was arrested and there was great persecution and the church in its infancy was wondering, do we make this the early New Testament church?
1: It's kind of how I felt when I saw that Tom Hanks had you know gotten COVID-19. Yes.
0: very similar. If, if Tom if Hanks Tom can Hanks get it, <laughs> we're all dead in the water. Like if this virus can infect I have never Tom thought Hanks, about Tom Hanks compared to James I mean, he's, the Apostle, but he's, I like he's, it. He's Woody. I like it. He's Woody. He's, you know. I mean, I mean it doesn't get better than that. So, uh, Tom Hanks, for example, <laughs> <laughs> great example of moments in our uh, sort of like what? Yeah. And 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 then James writes that letter, and the church huddles up, and they go, okay, guys, this, this is not no fun. This yeah. is hard, but but how do we gain ground? And so, what James writes in the book of James is this entire instructional letter of gaining ground. Mm. And the ground starts being gained internally, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Remember, remember, consider it joy when you're facing trials." And he goes on right. gaining ground. So, I've been asking myself the question lately, the last couple of days. Okay, we're in this thing now. It's not new anymore. I mean, if, I wish was still new and I wish it was already gone. But we kind of, I think we're all clear now, right? The, the issues of our day aren't, aren't going anywhere anytime real soon. Uh, COVID came back in a big way in Florida and other places. And now we're trying to figure that out. And the discussions between um, uh, the, the racial rec- reconciliation issues are, are not going anywhere anytime soon, shouldn't. We, we've we got lots of work to do there. And um, politically, yeah. I mean, that ain't going anywhere. Right. Uh, you've seen the lineup. So it ain't gonna end in November there's gonna be lots of things that happen after November that will still be interesting, mm-hmm. shall we say. Sure. Um, but we are the church. We are the people of God. And the church and the people of God who are the church have walked through, carried the gospel, uh, bound together in unity, and endured uh, thousands of years of brutality on this planet. Yeah. And we are no exception to that. Yeah. And when this whole thing is over, the church will still be standing, yeah. and the gospel will still be real, and the question I want to ask today for myself, for us, is what, what ground have we lost a little bit of in, in the last couple months? What, what ground have we lost? What, where, where, so we're huddling up. We're looking at the, 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 the first half of the game. Or we're huddling up on the mountain. One of my favorite movies is um, We Were Soldiers. I kind of wish war movies weren't violent, because then I could have you all watch them uh, if you didn't like violence. But war movies t- tend to be violent. Um, and if they weren't violent, then they wouldn't be war movies. So, but I, I do kind of wish. Um, this one is a war movie. And th- they're on this little hill uh, in Vietnam. And it's this battle that takes place. And the enemy has gained some ground. And then they take some ground. But then some of their guys get, um, they gain ground. But then the enemy takes it. And some of their guys are trapped. And they can't get to them. And so they huddle up. And I remember this, several of the scenes in the huddle where this, um, this colonel, who was the head guy on the hill, he would, there'd be some troops like in a foxhole, you know, bullets are flying. And and, their whole, and and you can just see the fear in them because I mean, they had legitimate reason to be afraid. Right. Bullets were flying <laughs> zoo, zoo, over their head and they're paralyzed because they're sitting and they don't know what to do. And do you jump up and get shot? Do you not? Are you gonna die? Are you gonna live? Your guys are trapped. The enemy seems stronger than ever. They're gaining ground. And, and the colonel jumps into the foxhole with them. And the first thing is he kind of has to get everyone's attention. Like, guys, I know this is scary. I know it is. Like, we're in a war zone. But hey, right here, we are soldiers. That's what we're here to do. Now we need to talk. Some of our guys are trapped over there. And this hill got taken. And they're moving in from the flank. So how are we going to divide and conquer and get out there and stop the flank, take back the hill, and and they, they huddle. And they did this throughout the movie at different junctures until eventually the battle was won. And so I want to look at where we're at and say, OK, where do we need to kind of refocus as a people, as a church? Uh, I know we're scared. I get it. Schools are opening and not opening. And I don't know. What do you do with your kids? I mean, it's insane. It's insane. It's scary. I mean, you, you're like, oh, we can get. like what, what happens if we stand up? Do we die? I, I don't even mean COVID. I just mean the, 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 the decisions are impossible. To make right yeah. now, but we're soldiers. Uh, Timothy gets a letter from Paul, second letter, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and Paul actually uses that language. Soldiers don't concern themselves with civilian affairs because they know that they have been employed by their master. Yeah. And, and he says athletes don't concern themselves with civilian affairs because they know that they are there's a race to win. They're training. Yeah. They're training. Yeah. Uh, and not to say we don't do civilian things, sure. we just don't concern ourselves in the same way that civilians do with those things because we are concerned with something bigger. So uh, I was talking to Joel earlier this morning, and uh, he was saying, hey, maybe in Facebook Live we should talk a little bit about uh, community um, and, and what, what the gospel reminds us of and calls us into in community, and not just unity, but community. So unity and community aren't separable, but, but they're different. in that community is that seeing each other, connecting with each other, uh, reaching out to each other, that, that kind of stuff. Um, man, we should talk about community because because I feel like we've lost a lot of ground on, on community. Have, have you had those moments where you thought about someone you haven't seen in four months that you oh, yeah. literally saw every week for the last it, 10 years? Literally every day, yeah. And you're like, I literally don't think I've seen them or talked to them in four months. And they are f- like friends of mine. Right. Like these aren't people that I'm like, they're, they're friends because we've all been that has been weird. We've been isolated. Now. Isolated. So how do we, we've lost ground there. How do we gain that ground back from the enemy where he's taken it? And again, this can't become a, well, we open churches and we meet. Well, it's part of a potential solution. But we got to think far bigger and broader than that because the battle is raging around us. And we got we to throw our standard plans away. And we got to go, we got to make new plans for this, for the here and now. Yeah. So um, let's start there. We're huddling up. It's halftime. It's the hill. And the first thing we're saying is, OK, we've lost some ground on the flank here, community. Yeah. I mean, community feels scattered. It feels we feel alone. We're wondering if our friends are our friends anymore. We're a little mad because no one's reached out. We haven't really reached out either, but you know, that's not the point. And we're trying to figure out: Do we ever get back to anything normal? Right. How long is this going to last? And can we survive? Yeah, and you got to talk about... to me a little bit about what was in your what. what oh, you can first say what you're going to say. Well, no, I mean,
1: that's what I'm, that's where I'm going because I think that like when when we recognize we have lost ground, and that the enemy is advancing, when we lose community, part of what what God intended the church to be is that. Spiritual, biblical community where we are strengthened by one another; mm-hmm. that we are built up with one another. This is the, this is the motivation for the author of Hebrews saying, "Don't neglect meeting together, um, because when you come together, you're stirring one another up to love, to good deeds." Um, we're inviting people in into our lives. We're being honest about what's going on in our souls. We're being honest about what what our yeah. worries are, our fears are. Um, you know, our 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 lives become um, shared yeah. instead of just lived in isolation. We begin to share life together, and and I think that because of everything that has happened with COVID nineteen, and then when you add in the realities of um, everything that's going on with race, racial injustice, um, you know, questions about policing, um, you know, retaliation against police. Everything that's been taking place there, that's also, you know, you throw contention onto isolation. And then there's a lot of contention surrounding the decisions that are being made about the way forward with COVID-19, with masks or not masks or with uh, vaccines or not vaccines or with school openings or not school openings or with I mean, are we ever going to have a college football season? I mean, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, throw... Of course, that joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, a bunch of you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, man. It's I'm just...
0: thinking the whole time, are they ever going to make another movie? Right. Like, really, are they? I mean, Tenant is supposed to come out sometime in the next 20 years. Yeah. That's that's what I've resolved myself. See we tonight.
1: have we all have these little have things these that little seem things silly that,
0: but they matter but to But they us. matter and now yeah. they're gone. And yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. are they ever coming back? And and, and some and, of them then are the world, very serious and we are sure. we are we are we are contending against each other. Yeah, so to yeah. your point, isolation poured with poured on contention yeah. gains the enemy ground in breaking down community.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, God says it in the very beginning, like he creates Adam puts Adam in the garden and said, it is not good that man should be alone. My wife and I have been watching, um, uh, the History Channel put out a, a show. They've got about seven seasons and you can find some on Amazon Prime, some on Netflix, some on Hulu. And, uh, but the, the show is called Alone. Mm, and um, mm,
0: I've seen the, previews for that you actually you actually would like it really like it so I knew I would like it
1: so the concept of the show is they they take 10 people who have survival skills and they place these 10 people in in a very remote location so alone
0: or all 10 of them
1: yeah there's 10 people and they're all about I don't know five to 10 miles apart
0: yeah just like drop you drop you drop you you're not together so they're in the
1: same climate but they're they're not in the same location so they are alone they bring a, a camera they don't have a camera crew they bring camera equipment so they have to film themselves doing these survival things and it's interesting because some of the people with the strongest survival skills break down because they're alone mm-hmm. because they lock, they lack community they miss their family i mean some of the biggest strongest people who you think are going to last the longest they can't last oftentimes just because of the sense and feeling of being you know away from and isolated from family and all of these things, and and as we've been watching this show that's just continually gone in, in my mind is, who are the people at Mosaic, or who are the Christians right now that, that just feel alone, mm-hmm. and that just feel like, man, even if there's an occasional connection point, even if there's an occasional bump into one another in the grocery store, even if there's an occasional Zoom call for a discipleship group, or even if there's an occasional uh, attending a church gathering, and we're all wearing masks, or whatever it may be, um, the 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 feeling of isolation and the feeling of being alone is not good. I mean, God said it when he made Adam, and he gave
0: Eve yeah. to and him. I, right? and I think to a large extent, too, and this is what I'm coming to realize, is two things have now happened, and that's why I call it the middle of the game. I don't know how long the game still goes on with the middle of the battle, but but um, when we first started this whole thing, you know, Zoom took off. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you remember you had all your high school reunions suddenly for the first time in 40 years because you're like, oh, it's easy now. I don't have to fly anywhere. Yeah. And my, these... my wife started having uh, you know weekly Zoom calls yeah. with family, and I'm like, this is great. This we're, is great. We're seeing people yeah. more than we ever did. That's right. And it, yeah. so the first couple of weeks, even months, Zoom became the thing. Sure. Because we all believed it to be temporary, right? Right. And, right. and I think it still overall will be. But the point is, we kind of had this band aid momentary compensation for the loss of physical interaction. Right. And it was necessary, or it felt necessary, because one, there were loops to close, and two, you're like, well, since I'm on Zoom, hey, how are you? Right. How's isolation going? Two more weeks, we'll be out. Yeah. Now, then Zoom got old. I mean, how many are like, yeah.
1: Zoom fatigue is like Zoom a fat- thing.
0: It's a thing now. Um, and so then we stopped doing that, and then meetings, you realized meetings on Zoom don't really go that great, so you stopped doing them that much. And now you just all work at home, and. And suddenly, here's what I think began to happen. And and I've realized this. And that's why I say, how do we gain this ground back without having to just go back to what was because we can't yet? Maybe someday, but not yet. Okay. Um, I didn't realize how bumping into people in a geographical space, the lobby of the church is the weekly rhythm. That was my weekly rhythm. And I think many of ours is where you got together and you saw those... 20 people that are your really good friends, mm-hmm. but that you don't do life with on a daily basis because you guys live 20 minutes apart or you're, you're all busy. Like we're all busy right now. So, but you, every week, unless they didn't show up at church, every week you would see them, you'd walk over to them in the lobby and you'd have a three to five minute conversation. And you would think three to five minutes is nothing. It's shallow talk. With them. Ah, I'm realizing now what that three to five minutes did, whether it was just chatting about like how the kids or A moment of like i'm really struggling is it created this sense that i i see you you see me and we're friends Mm -hmm. what if we're in this together we're in this together what if for four months i didn't walk over to you in the lobby i didn't even have a five-minute conversation with you you're going to begin to wonder wow like i don't know that they ever cared Like if this is all it took for us never to talk, then are we really friends? So the enemy's now gaining ground even there like, because we don't know quite how to do friendship in this environment yet. Sure. So even that is really a unique space that the enemy has opportunity to say to us, you need to buy into the narrative that actually it was all fake before. Hmm. Well, that's not true at all. We had an environment that facilitated certain things that became a way for us to maintain and even grow in our relationship with each other. Authentically. I've had two conversations since we opened the church back up physically here with you know, all the protocols and stuff, but I've had two conversations in the lobby over the last couple of weeks that the conversation happened randomly. It just kind of happened because we were in the lobby and then mm-hmm. you bump into each other and you do the normal small talk. You bump into each other from six feet away. From six feet right, away right, with masks right, right, right. On. Right, right. Legit, not kidding. Yeah. So you're in this conversation, right? And then you perceive, reading between the lines, a tone or you perceive a a statement is made. And because we know each other, I'm like, so you press in with the conversation, asking a couple more questions. And before you know it, we're deeper in. There's some tears. It's really hard. And you say something like this, let's get together this week and talk this through. That happens in the lobby all the time, but it doesn't now Mm. because we're not in the lobby. So I think of friends of mine that are dear friends of mine. I've got a long list of them um, that I haven't seen in a couple months. And it's, it dawns on me suddenly. I don't know how they're doing. Hmm. I don't know if it's hard or easy. So Brooke asked me the other day, hey, have you talked to such and such? And I said, like, no, hmm. no. Have you talked to such and such? No, I don't know how they, they are. I, gosh, i got to find out. How did I know before? how they are all the time. Because every week I saw them mm-hmm. and we had a three to five minute conversation. And sometimes those three to five minute conversations realized there was something bigger going on and we would have a longer conversation. Right. But now we're not having the longer conversations because we're not having the three to five minute conversations. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that I think uh, we need to start thinking about as, as, as a people, the church, to say, okay, COVID's around for now. We can't go back to normal for now with some things. How do we gain these, this ground back? Who is it that I need to reach out to for five minutes yeah. every week yeah. uh, that maybe I haven't for four months? Or well, who is it that you need to do that with? Yeah, the other day—that's one day, example. I was—we uh, were kind of house had finally quieted down, put
1: had into bed, and I get a text from from OBDs, you know, none other than Obi. Yeah, and he just says, uh, "And if you're watching Obi, what's up, dude?" Um, but he he just says, "Hey, man, you know how are you doing?" The Mosaic staff, you guys have been on my heart. Can I be praying for you for anything? Like, And it was just this really awesome interaction. It didn't take more than probably five minutes of either one of our time. Yep other than to just touch point and to reach out and to say, hey, you know, I still remember you. I still love you. Yeah, I still yeah. care about you. I know we don't see each other. Yeah. And Obi's the perfect example of that three to five minute connection point. Yeah. And it's and authentic and do had you real. sent
0: back, man, things are really hard right now. Sure. Or even in the, in the text back or a quick phone call. Hey, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Pray for me in this way. Yeah. And he read into, oh, that sounds harder. Then that five minutes may have turned into, hey, we should get on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. right? But because the five minutes was uh, good, pray for this and this, we will do. It was just a five-minute conversation. That's, our, that, that's one example of our new lobby, yeah. right? The trouble is none of us know that that's our new lobby. So right. we don't have the habit of doing that because our habit that facilitated all of this was to actually go to church. Right. So the habit that facilitated this was the showing up at church. Yeah. And that was in our rhythm so it just happened. Yeah. Then that got stolen from us mm-hmm. for a season. Mm-hmm. Now that's gone for now. So what, what do we have to do in this area of connection and community in establishing some new habits, not just a quick zoom, but new habits right. that bring us, gain us ground back?
1: Yeah. And I think the invitation here and, and, and the, the opportunity that God is giving us is, you know, to 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 take a moment and take inventory and ask the question. You know, who would be uh, encouraged by by us to reach out to them, to mm-hmm. check in with them, to pray for them? And you know, uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of contention. There's a lot of division and strife. But what an incredible gift and opportunity it is for us to be able to, to think, man, I could actually impact someone's life by just sending a text message, by just making a
0: phone call. And um, putting it into my week, into my rhythm. So that mm -hmm. every week or two, I'm doing it for them. Right. So it's not just a four months in, I reach out once and four months from now I'll reach out again. It's, I forgot. Yeah that touching base was important because we got to do it every week without thinking. Yeah,
1: and some but of us now, are still doing that because we are coming to this, this yeah. Sunday morning gathering. Yes. But the invitation um, to take, and this really should always be our goal with church anyway, is to take church beyond that Sunday morning. That's right. Um, but for those of us who are, who are engaging online, uh, this last week I uh, had preached at a camp in Georgia and so I had gotten back Saturday night and I stayed home and was on I watched the live gathering from home and, um, and just seeing the chat there of just all these people just saying hello and engaging and all that is so cool, but maybe taking that even one step further. And and if you're, if you're one of those people at mosaic that are, are saying, Hey, I'm going to be online for now. And that could be for a myriad of totally legitimate, good reasons. Um, man, the invitation to you is take a moment and think about your, what is my lobby experience today? Um, that you know, where is that three to five minutes today, where I'm reaching out to fellow fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are a part of Mosaic Church on purpose and intentionally yeah. going yeah. across the lobby, yeah. um, and that's maybe what, that's with your phone. What is
0: the across the lobby right, right now? Right. So that's an, the what what we're doing here is as we're huddling up, as we're saying we got to gain gra- ground because we lost yeah. ground yeah. in community. Let's think together, not just in this hour, but. We've sparked the thought now. We're, we're huddling up saying, what are we going to need to do to move the ball yeah. down the field? Because that defense is stronger than we thought. Right. Or, man, we've now realized this thing is true. What, what do we need? And that's what we're doing here. So here, here yeah. are some ideas. One other thing that just came to mind as Joel was talking um, is, you know, the, the, the lobby representing the connection, right, does a number of things also that we don't realize it does. We've talked quite a bit about the idea that some of our... Um, disappointment in each other and anger toward each other is elevated during this time because we don't see each other each week. So right. what I mean by that is I say something on social media, you see it, you say something about it because it, it, you disagree. I say something about you. And before you know it, we're not saying nice things. And then we say things like this, you know what, I'm I'm done with you, right? That, that's been happening a lot. If, if it's happened to you, or you felt that way, or you've done it, or it's been done to you, it is kind of a an, a, an unfortunate norm right now. So that's, that's again, ground lost. Okay, yeah. so in the lobby, here's the thing. If you had a bit of an awkward uh, interaction with somebody that that you love, and I'm not talking about like people you don't know, I'm talking about people online on Wednesday, and, and in the lobby you walk through and there they are, right? Uh, There's a little part of you that's like, oh, Maybe. But but you bump, and they'll get the blueberry donuts yeah. instead. <laughs> but you bump into each other because you're friends. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not talking about like you. You have a long history of hard. Or, like, like it was just a m- moment, it's like, yeah. and you bump into each other. And one of, instead of going, I can't believe you said that to me because that's not what happens in love. This is what happens. Now. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. You both kind of know. Yeah. But then once it kind of starts, you like, how how the kids? Oh, that, and you and and you forget, and then you have and a conversation. Saying, "Hey,
1: just the other day, when yeah, I said this yes, thing." Yes. Then you do that. I just want to make sure that you know that, <laughs> that, that I, I didn't. Wasn't I didn't mean it that way. You know, I wasn't whatever.
0: trying to. And you have this brief, sure. literally one-minute conversation, yeah. and then you go get a donut together, and off you go, and you forget that last week you hated each other for that brief moment in time. So next week, when you do it again, it doesn't tie to last week. Right. That was happening, folks, without us realizing it. Yeah. Trouble is, we've lost that now. So now each week builds and you never had the conversation like hey just so you know we're cool i right? didn't mean that yeah so here's what here's what i'm getting at maybe if we really want to gain ground if we're looking at that one hill where we're like i mean he's really taking ground there and we say okay are we gonna take our guns well if we go out that way it could get ugly no it could but we're gonna go we're gonna go get it Here, here's one thing think about maybe one or two people that you are not feeling great about right now you've watched over the last two or three months and you've you pretty like you've written them off. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about strangers, I'm talking about people you know and love, but you've just kind of gone like, I, I can't even, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And go to the Lord and say, God, what, what if I have that lobby moment with them where I'm like, hey, how's it going? Not like, hey, I'm reaching out to you because we both need to repent, mostly you. Of, you know, like, I'm talking about just like, hey, been thinking about you, how, how's it going? Now, when they first get it, they might feel the same way. It's that it's that lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, good Ding. All right. I'm glad to hear it. Hey, uh, looking forward to seeing you sometime again in the future. Yeah. You're both feeling awkward. I get it. And you don't actually mean the words fully, because you're still a little mad. But given a couple of texts, who knows? Maybe it's like, hey, by the way, that thing I said, I hope you didn't. No, 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 I didn't. I mean, I did, but I'm not going to say it. So. We have to think as a church as we rise up, what does it look like to gain some ground back during this war? Not when it's over, yeah. during this war. I think another way to
1: gain ground back, especially from the enemy, right? So we have a real enemy. Yeah. Um, you know, scripture teaches us that our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and authorities. Um, it is a, it is a spiritual yeah. battle. It's not a rulers and
0: authorities in dark places. In dark places, it's yeah. not talking about our politicians.
1: Right, exactly. It's right. those
0: are also humans, flesh and blood. It's talking about authorities and powers. Right, spiritual things. Spiritual. And dark this is
1: a this is a real spiritual battle that we are in. And if that be the case, then our primary weapon is prayer. And when we think about one another, when we think mm-hmm. about our church family and our church body you know, being, especially if we're frustrated with one another for, for any reason, being in prayer for one another is one of the quickest ways to disarm that frustration. This is one of the reasons why praying for leaders, political leaders, is so healthy and good, because when you pray for people with whom you disagree, it softens your heart towards them, right? Yeah. Um, but but with, with one another, with church leaders, with whatever it may be, praying, and so this is what Paul says in Ephesians, where we've been um, and I just think about this prayer for our church. Um, you know, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever mm-hmm. and ever. Amen. And I think the reason why Paul gives that prayer to, for the Ephesians to us, right, Yep. is so that it would give us this powerful prayer to pray for one another yep. that we would by the power of the holy spirit grasp how great god's love is mm. and that we would be rooted and grounded in that love and that through that as we as we extend that love to one another that that he who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think would be glorified that that it would be his name that would be made great in our generation and in every generation that that illustration that you brought to the table about the YMCA mm-hmm that it has gone through hardship and through difficulty and through trial and tribulation, but the, the church has gone through 10 times more and 10 times more time. Um, that is, it is because we can go to war in the spirit
0: for one another through prayer. Yeah, that's right. That's um, so, right. And, and so so, so, so what, what that encourages us in then is that Uh, I I think what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, where he says, therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Mm -hmm. let us cast off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So again, like you've got these witnesses, your past, who have gone through hard things too and have seen the gospel endure. You've got Jesus who endured the cross yep. right, scorning its shame and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. Let us, let us uh, not I mean let, 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 let us remember what He endured from sinful men so that we will not grow weary and or lose, lose heart. heart. And, yeah, and, and so it's this idea, and I think that's what this huddle that's is good. today is guys, I know it feels like we're losing ground and losing heart. We are losing we have lost some ground. And, and it's easy to lose heart when you're losing ground. When you come into the locker room after a first half where the other team has pummeled you, like you come in discouraged, you come mm, in good. weighty, you come in feeling like the game is over and you need a coach who can gather you up and say, oh, I'm so excited because we've been able to rest up the first half while they've exerted themselves and now we're gonna go take them down, right? Right. Um, like, and, and, and here's the thing, in, in the locker room, your disadvantage is maybe the other team's just a ton better. Mm -hmm. So you can have all the speeches you want. You're going to get pummeled the second half too. But that is not our story. right? Because the other team is not better. The other team doesn't even win. The other team is nothing comparative to the one who's leading our team. So our speech in the locker room should be one that goes, well, we kind of lost our heads a bit. That's okay. We got pummeled a bit. We've lost ground a bit. We've lost ground. But man... We can gain this back. Yeah. And should.
1: And and going back to the sermon that you preached this last weekend, you know, when, when we look at the the wins and loss column, the W is already written. That that's right. Right now we're sitting at halftime. <laughs> the the we feel like the score is reflecting that we're losing. Yep. Right? Yep. Like we look at the scoreboard and it's like we're getting pummeled, but it's already written. It's huh. it's written
0: down the in God's book. The game is because won. Because he won it. In his redemptive work, and he then finishes that. So, so with all of that said, I I think that's that's now where I want to move my thinking from constant sense of what's going to come next, what's happening next, how do we do this, to this: where have I lost ground in terms of the ground that belongs already to the gospel, right? And and I want to start here: where have I lost ground internally? So where. Where has fear crept in beyond where it should? Where has anxiety risen? these all just ground we've lost. No shame, it doesn't like, because um, this is the other thing about Warzone, whenever you see the huddles there, I've never seen this in a war movie, where they, they gather up and the commanding officer goes, what were you thinking? You were an idiot, so we lost the entire hill. Oh, well, I've never seen that. Yeah. It doesn't matter, even if we lost that hill because you made some mistake, here's what happened. Okay, okay, we, we lost the hill. It's fine, whatever. L- listen, how do we, or what should we, or that's what the huddle is. It isn't, you don't take a huddle in the locker room and spend your huddle talking about the first half and all the dumb stuff that happened and then leave the locker room. And the coach, that would be a terrible coach. You quickly say, didn't go well. Fair enough, we lost ground. How do we get it back? So I, I want to be able to sit and say, first with myself, Renault, where has the enemy gained ground in you? Mm. So maybe that that that's a great place for all of us as the church to begin, just to say, let's just be, let, let's just go with the spirit, ask the spirit to go with us and to say, where has the enemy gained ground that he didn't have before this whole COVID thing hit and all mm. in me, in my own heart, in my attitude toward others or my attitude toward God or my attitude toward life or my my attitude toward circumstances or my clarity of the gospel. My, where has he gained ground? And then, when I find where he's gained ground, the next question is: All right, God, how do we go get it back? Is it is it a is it a knowledge? I need to go read a bunch of scriptures and remind myself. Is it a is it a connection? I need to have with some people. Is it where do I, for myself, gain ground back? Gospel ground back in my own heart. Yeah. And then where have I lost gospel ground in the immediate people that I am connected with whether that be my family unit if I'm living in a family or my or my friends that are living with me or just the friends I have that I don't I do see on a weekly basis because they have been doing life with me not just in the lobby how do i where have I lost ground with them and how do I gain that back with my spouse if i'm married with my children if I'm a parent or vice versa with my friends if i'm And then where have we lost ground as a church that I can be a part of the solution for? And the stuff we talked about connecting. And if we start looking at it from all those perspectives, right, then what what I think will happen, and that's where I think we should be, is we will huddle up on this battlefield. We will look together and say, I see fear in your eyes. I get it. You see fear in mine. But we're soldiers, remember? And we have a giant army behind us the biggest in the entire universe. Mm. And they have resources that win this war. This is our little battle to fight. There were people that fought the little battle called the First World War, meaning not the First World War itself, but they went through that, or the Great Depression, or the Babylonian, this. or We've each in history had our battle to fight while he has guaranteed the war. Mm. But this is our battle. Yeah. And we want to take this hill in a manner worthy of the gospel. Yeah. So yeah. I want to kind of say, rise up, rise up pick up your gun, pick, pick it up, your spiritual gun, your armor, uh, we'll get to in Ephesians, put, put on the armor of God, uh, g- get it back on, I kind of fell off, and, and that's huddle up, doesn't mean you won't be scared, but we're soldiers. Hmm. So courage isn't the lack of fear, it's doing what's right despite fear. And we're gonna roll in. Yeah,
1: re- I, I also think just recognizing, yeah, we're in a fight, yes, we participate in that fight. The, the battle is tough. We are losing ground in, in moments and in, in 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 you know points in history, but that the war is won. And the confidence that we have of that is it's it's massive. It, it reminds me of um, I think it's Elisha um, Elijah or Elisha. Uh, he's he's got his servant with him, and there's a uh, an army approaching, and it's like they're about to get decimated. Yep. And uh, Elijah, or Elisha, I think it is Elisha, has all this confidence, and the servant's confused. And Elisha prays and says, God, open his eyes so that he will see that there's more with us than there are with them. And in that moment, the servant's eyes are open, and he sees this angel army. This is where that line that we sing, and we don't know what we're singing sometimes, but this is where that line comes from. The God of angel armies is by my side. Yep. And, and that's the reality. Like We, we are in a battle... Of a one war, yeah, Um, and 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 really, that actually does take place. Like there, there are there are times not so much anymore because everything is news travels at the you know light speed compared to history. But there were times when there were wars that had already been won, and battles that were still being fought attached to that war because news had not yet reached the the army that it's won, and and we're kind of at that point in
0: history where. The war
1: is won. We're just still fighting the battle. Yeah, because
0: we're still on a planet of death, in a body of death, yeah. fighting for redemption on this planet as yeah. God's historical story unfolds. Correct. And we have our little battles that we are brought and privileged to fight as soldiers in his army, yeah. as athletes on his in his race. Hence the since you've been surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. Yeah. So let let's rise up and let's remember who who we're with. And let's sit back and say, "Where have we lost ground? Yeah. how do we gain it back, and become uh, the people again as we will be and have been because he is enough that say, "We will not sit around and let the enemy have this yeah. we're, we're going to come back and take it yeah. and that the beauty of that is that's not a that's not a political reality that's not a uh, an ethnic or racial reality that's not a viral reality that's not a any that is just a gospel reality right. And that's what unifies us, yeah. is all these other things are real and they go on. That is the battles in which we rage and fight, but we come to this battle with a clarity and a knowledge of whose team we're on, that it is a spiritual battle uh, against sin and death as it impacts all this and that we are empowered by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where all that goes for us. Start there. Where have you lost ground in your own heart? Then where have you lost ground in your immediacy and where where have we lost ground as a church? And then let's continue to pray together, think together, share together new ways, interesting ways to gain that ground back. And as your circle of influence, uh, your friends, the people around you, as you come up with ideas and you take this journey with the Spirit of God, share it with them. Say, hey guys, I got this great idea to gain some ground back in my own heart and soul this way. Or man, I've reached out to five people via text and it was amazing. You all should do it. And if we take our clarity and we keep spreading it, then we are doing what the author of Hebrews was intending. Gather up, huddle up is what he was saying. Bear- do not neglect huddling up mm. so that you would stir each other up and spur each other on toward love and good deeds. Yeah. And so this is this is where we have to go. Let's, let's find ways to huddle up regularly and push each other in that team soldier kind of way. We got this, we got this, because he's got this. And let's see where that goes. Yeah, well thanks for huddling up with us today on Lunch Hour with me. and
1: uh, we'll see you next time. We will, love you guys.